0: I am not a person, I am just a creature, a creature that lives in the dark until I saw her. I just arrived in this town last week when I got a glimpse of her looking out her window, watching the twinkling stars in the sky. I was holding all my possessions, namely, one duffel bag with my left hand, as I stood behind the shadows of the tree line, watching her, watching the stars. I was two football fields away, but creatures like me can see sharply, not only in the dark, but from miles away. It's like I'm looking at her through a telescope her image so clear. I can see the small freckles on her face, the whiteness of her creamy skin, her baby blue eyes behind those large circular eyeglasses, and her brown hair in disarray. I inhaled, and her scent reached my nose like I was standing just behind her. These are some of the perks of being a creature of the dark. A lineage I can trace from the count himself, Dracula. As if she knew I was staring, she looked in my direction, but I knew she couldn't see me. Her human eyes were not sharp as mine. I turned my back from her and started walking deep in the dark forest. I heard her close her window. And the slight ruffle of her curtains as she covered the glass. A small smile tugged to my lips as I listened to her singing off-key. Maybe music doesn't love her but she loves it and that's the first thing I knew about her. I enrolled in the only high school this town can offer. I may be a little late But I can always keep up, because I've done it all before, a thousand and five times without counting those years when I was still human. After getting my schedule from the principal herself, I went to the lockers and found mine instantly. I can feel curious eyes looking at my way, which I ignored at first, until I heard giggles. I looked back and saw a group of girls checking me out. I flashed them my most charming smile with teeth. It did a trick, as I can hear their blood rushing and their hearts beating faster than normal. See you around, girls? I winked at them before putting my things inside my locker. A thousand years, and girls will always be girls the reason that they're the best prey, always willing, always easy. Then, I saw her, the girl on the window walking towards my direction like an apparition. Her head is bowed down, her hands are tightly holding the shoulder straps of her backpack. I watched as she opened her locker not far away from mine, not looking at anyone around her. She struggled to put all her books inside, and ended up spilling everything on the floor. Hoots and laughter filled the hallway while she scrambled on her feet, her hands full. Stupid, I heard a boy say. Freak! from one of the girls giggling earlier. I scratched the stubbles on my chin as I looked at her engaging in a staring contest with everyone looking at her. One side of my lips lifted a little. This girl has guts. She has this fire inside of her, not fully lit, but is there, and that made my stone-cold heart shudder, like an aftershock following an earthquake. A loud bang of her closing her locker got everyone's attention. She spun around, walking towards her classroom, while lifting her middle finger to everyone. A group of boys, led by a tall, well-built blonde guy, hissed. The look he's giving her back is bad news. It's a look I recognize and predators stalking their prey before they pounce. I know this because I am one. There are times in your life that you feel like a fool doing things that fools do, like what I'm doing now. I'm sitting on a bench facing the vast landscape of this school. My eyes locked on the lone sycamore tree in the middle of the field. Under the tree was the freckled-faced girl they called Julia. Her blue eyes looking at the calm and radiant autumn sunset oblivious to my attention. She's been doing this on that very spot every afternoon and for weeks I've been doing this too just watching her feasting at the wonder this part of the world can offer. It's now or never. Mustering all the vampiric courage I have I walked towards her with my hands in my pockets flashing my most charming smile. Upon seeing me she sat straighter and scrunched her face, a signal that halted me in my place, three feet away from her. Hey, you're Julia, right? I asked, a smile still plastered on my face. She looked at me with distaste, crossing her arms and replied, Who's asking? I chuckled a little and scratched my chin. I'm Julio giving my hand which she ignored. Seriously? What a coincidence! She fake laughed and rolled her eyes. If you're here because Sean told you, then just get lost, I like my peace and quiet. I scratched my head and looked at the tree, not because she's being bitchy, but because her beauty and scent is overwhelming me. She smells like the morning dew fresh, and pure. I looked back at her, my smile fading upon hearing Sean's name. Sean Peters, the bully? I know him, but that doesn't mean I'm friends with him. I don't even like the guy. Her eyes turned to slits as she assessed me, trying to scrutinize if I am telling the truth. She pursed her cherry lips before asking, Why are you here then? Her words caught me off guard. Why am I even here? What compelled me to be here? I don't know the answer to that question, so I gave her a generic one. I just want to be your friend. I felt like the foolest of a fool when these words passed out on my lips. Foolish, I trusted myself. Now, she will surely turn her back on me. Creeping anger, the only feeling I am capable of feeling passed through me, nearly broke my calm front. Nope, not interested. Upon saying this, she picked up her backpack and left me. She never looked back and I never followed. But my gaze never left her small form as she got on the school bus. I smelled her apprehension as she went around the bullies and took the first seat available. Then, I saw him. Tall, well-built, and blonde. Freaking Sean sat down beside her, taunting her. I want to run to her. Catching the buzz is easy. But then, I know that exposing myself is not the best way to protect her. Instead of taking my usual route home, wherever home was. It took the one the bus is taking to make sure that Julia will make it home, and safe. It's been hours since she got off the school bus, but I still found myself standing in front of their house, concealed by the shadows. I can see Julia and her family sitting in a dining room. They are happy, but she's not. She seemed lost and deep in thought. Her mom is telling her something. She answered it, and then stands up. My eyes followed her retreating figure up the stairs and inside her room. The same window where I saw her the first time is open, which gives me a good view of her face as she sits on her chair waiting for her laptop to boot up. She rested her chin on her hands, and looked at the full, silvery moon with dreamy eyes. Looking through my vampire eyes, everything around her looks magical. The dazzling, icy moonlight creating shadows and the golden cherub fountain on their lawn. Her purple, silky curtains in contrast to the white window frame. Her black laptop on the mahogany table. The wispy brown hair framing her heart-shaped freckled face, her black thick lashes surrounding her baby blue eyes, and her cluelessness of her beauty took my breath away. She's so captivating that it hurts. My stone cold heart didn't stand a chance, and for the first time in a very long time took its first hard thump deafening me with its newfound rhythm. Engulfed with emotions, I gasped as I choked out a sob blinking rapidly fighting cold tears from falling. Like a man possessed, I did what creatures like me shouldn't do. As soon as she closed her eyes, feeling the evening breeze, my traitor self kneeled down beside her With steady fingers, I lightly touched her hair, cheeks, nose, and whispered on her ear. You are beautiful. As fast as it started, it all ended the same way when she opened her eyes and looked at the space where I had been. Now, standing just outside a tree line not caring whether she can see me, I painfully watched as she closed her window and curtain. In between those, there's a heartbeat that her eyes locked on my own. I know that she saw me. I felt the weight of those blue eyes on my snake-like, black ones. It's been days since it happened and nothing much changed aside from the fact that my heart is now beating and she's not riding the school bus anymore. Then that night happened. I saw her running for the bus, the last one on her route home. Disappointment etched on her face as she missed it. She started walking the mile home alone and so it seemed, but I was walking with her in the shadows and decided only to make my presence known when the fog started to make visibility hard. I can't risk her being hit by a car just because they can see her through the thick fog fancy meeting you here? I broke out the eerie silence of the evening as I walked towards her. She halted to a stop as she tried to recognize me. Where did you come from? she asked, her eyes fixed on my face. My plastered, charming smile never faltered as I replied. There! I pointed to the forest. My grandpa has this cabin in the middle of the forest and I'm out visiting him. She never bought it and answered sarcastically. And you walked in total darkness? Don't tell me that you can see in the dark. I chuckled. Such a smart ass. I turned on the LED hand flashlight that I have with a click, which temporarily blinded her. I have this, silly. Can you not shine that on my face? She pushed the light away from her face. Okay, okay, I said, laughing. Let's go. Where do you think we're going? I lifted my shoulders and innocently said, To your house? I'm going with you to ensure that you'll arrive safe. She snorted. I'm as safe as I'm with a bear. I don't even know you. How will I know that you're not a murderer? I shook my head, looking at her, unbelieving. Do I look like a serial killer to you? With good looks like this? She rolled her eyes again whatever. She started walking and I followed behind her, smiling like an idiotic child speaking to his crush. I made sure for her not to see how giddy I am right now. How's my heart beating so fast? Keep up, big boy, I heard her say, and as a soldier following a command, I walked beside her, making sure that she's on the safe side, and me lighting our way ahead I croak like a frog as another string of frustrated curse words left my lips I can't remember when I started shouting but my hoarse voice indicates that it's been a while cold tears stream down my eyes as I look into Julia's peaceful form I tried saving her But I was too late. I tried reviving her, but it never sufficed. She's stone cold still. She's dead. What are the odds that her heart stopped beating when she started mine? It's a question that I ask myself, hating the fact that for me to feel, she needs to be compromised. Looking at her cyanotic lips made me take a grip on my emotions and decided to give her the only thing I can give her my cold, cold kiss I've never done this in my entire existence but I'm willing to do it to her and for her like the feathery snowflakes falling down from the sky my lips lowered down to her neck slowly I kissed the spot and bared my fangs and just like that, Julia became who I was an unfeeling, emotionless, and dead. She is standing on the hill. Her face is showing the determination I have seen once too many times as she revels at the heat of the early morning sun. In a heartbeat, Her face is burning, but she never makes a sound. She bears it a little longer before retreating back to the shadows. I knew she would be here doing this exact thing after seeing the talisman I have given her lying on the coffee table. I can't blame her. I've done this before too. About ten and a half centuries ago. I turned my back and hurried back to the bunker we call home, and pretended to be reading a classic when she barged inside a door, melancholy, written all over her face. Before she can even utter a word, I said, in time, you will get used to it, I paused and continued, to this. I stood up and carefully placed the book back to where I got it from the shelf. She looks at me saying, I don't want to cry, but I want to cry because I can't feel anything. How do you get used to this kind of emptiness? I sit down beside her, my hands on my thighs. I don't want to touch her, afraid that she will shy away from me. The emptiness is only temporary. You will learn how to feel again. It took me a thousand and five years to feel. With luck, you will start feeling a few years from now. I omit the fact that she's the reason that my heart is now alive and kicking. She bites her nails, a habit that I am now used to seeing. A few years might mean a hundred or even a thousand years, and I, I can't imagine a life feeling nothing but an empty void where my heart used to feel. Side and smile, my fangs showing. Overwhelmed by her presence and the feelings she evokes within me, I said, Don't worry, you have me. We're standing just outside the tree line looking at her house. The moon is up and full, making the snowy vastness whiter than it should be. Christmas songs are playing from the houses and different delicious smells waft out of their open windows. I survey the surroundings to make sure that no one is looking and can see us. We will be leaving town tonight. I can't risk people seeing Julia. For them, she's dead. They haven't found her body but they put two and two together when they saw the broken, thin sheet of ice on the river and her things not far from it. Her family is hoping to find her when the ice thaws and melts, but they will find nothing. Looking at her grieving family huddled on her bed grips my heart with pain, a pain that she surely endures right now for everything she feels I can do. My eyes settle on Julia's face and witness a miracle. A miracle that I have waited a thousand and five years to happen to me. Slowly, my hand found hers. I grip and give it a light squeeze. She looks at me and my heart makes a painful thud in my chest as I watch cold tears falling from her eyes. My fingers caress her tears tained cheeks. You're a piece of art, Julia. I think you never have to wait a thousand years to feel anything. Her fingers trace mine on her cheeks, bewildered and surprised as she realizes that she's shedding tears. You're beautiful even when you're crying. I whisper on her, before enclosing her in my arms. Smell her hair as she hugs me back. Let's go. She looks back at her home one last time, before we walk hand in hand, our feet scrunching on the snow, walking deep inside the shadows. If you like the story, click the subscribe button. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, questions, suggestions, you can send us a voice message through the link or message us on our Facebook page, Weaver of Tales Podcast. Follow us also on our Instagram account and YouTube channel for other updates. Just search for Weaver of Tales Podcast and don't forget to click like and subscribe. For story submissions, please email us at weaver of tales podcast at gmail.com. Have a Merry Christmas and enjoy the holidays.